the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now that's how you kick off the show. Welcome to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Here it comes, here it comes. You'll take my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire musket, but I'll run you through. So when you're waiting for the next attack, you better stand, there's no turning back. That's what I'm talking about, the trooper. From Iron Maiden, as we kick off this uh, week's Algatulo Craft Beer Cast right here on AM 970. The answer was this past week uh, in uh, the year 19, oh my goodness, in the year 1983. On May 16th, Iron Maiden released the album Peace of Mind, The Trooper Happens to Be, one of those songs on that album. And why are we playing that? Well, not only because obviously it's an anniversary that the album was released, but there's something we'll get into about Iron Maiden and uh, and how it relates to beer in just a second. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to have news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com, or on iTunes as well. You just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find the show on that platform. We're Alexa Ready too. We're on radio uh, radio.com. It's Odyssey. I have to change that. See, I'm I'm very much Ron Burgundy. Whatever is put in front of me, I usually read it, which is not a good thing. So we're on Odyssey uh, dot com. We're on the Hopped Up Network as well. You head over there. Uh, usually, right after the uh, the radio show ends, uh, a little after midnight, you can get the podcast version of the show that you can download and listen to at your leisure. No guests tonight, and there's a reason for that, because in our third segment, which we normally talk to a guest, we're going to be talking about something about women in the beer industry and sexual harassment and why it's important that we discuss these things. It's a difficult topic to discuss, but it's one that has to be discussed. We'll talk about that coming up in our third segment about 20 minutes from now. Now, let's get into some news and notes. So, I mentioned Iron Maiden, and... How it relates to beer? Well, it's very simple. With over 100 million albums sold worldwide, uh, Iron Maiden is one of the most successful heavy metal bands uh, in history. And so they've done live shows, obviously, for, you know, 30, 40 years. But the band, uh, and lead singer particularly, Bruce Dickinson, who's a big beer fan, has been making beers for years and usually using uh, European uh, breweries to, uh, you know, brew and then sell the beer, right? Distribute the beer. So uh, he personally designed Dickinson uh, and developed Trooper, which is a collaboration between Iron Maiden and Robinson's Brewery. Went on to become an international success. They've done a bunch of different things. But now 
Iron Maiden has decided to pair up with an American producer. Most of the time, to get the Iron Maiden beer, you got to get it as an import uh, and bring it in. It's you know it's pricey, and let's face it, the beer is good. It's not great. It's drinkable, but it's one of those. It's a novelty thing. I want Iron Maiden. I want it. oh, it's a, it's got the Trooper on. It's got Eddie. I got to buy it now. They have tiered, uh, teamed up with BrewDog, and they're going to brew their newest beer uh, at BrewDog's U- U.S. facility near Columbus, Ohio. Uh, this is called Hellcat. It is a feisty 6% ABV India Pale Lager uh, where hops and malts collide. It is a hazy gold IPL. Uh, Going to have a complex balance of malts and hops. Uh, as with all BrewDog beers, Hellcat is carbon negative, and BrewDog removes double the CO2 it takes to make. It will be uh, available uh, at select distributors and retailers across the United States uh, starting in the fall of this year. Very cool. So uh, kudos to uh, Bruce Dickinson and Iron Maiden. Uh, again, like I said, Bruce, big, big beer fan, loves his beer. Uh, and so it's really great to see uh, an American-based I shouldn't really say American-based because BrewDog is really a European company, but they do have a facility here in the United States. But it's nice to see that it's being made in the United States and will be distributed throughout the United States. So very cool about that. Uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon kind of blindsided the beverage biz last fall when it debuted Pabst Blue Ribbon's High Seltzer, a 5-milligram THC-infused seltzer that, unlike cannabis CBD drinks, which offer medicinal properties without the high, actually delivers a buzz, just not an alcoholic buzz. Now they're back with an even stronger version, Pabst Blue Ribbon High Seltzer, 10 milligrams of THC. Uh, Both dosing options still only contain 25 calories, 4 grams of sugar, contain no preservatives. Um, They they have had uh, great success with the first one. They decided to up the ante here on this one. Uh, Since the debut of PBR High Seltzer, more experienced consumers have been outspoken about their desire for a higher THC dose offering. Uh, we've been listening and are proud to offer an elevated experience through our new 10-milligram THC PBR High Seltzer and are ecstatic to offer it to them at the same price point alongside the original 5 plus 5 Lemon High Seltzer. So if you're into the THC-type stuff, Paps Blue Ribbon has a drink for you that is in seltzer form that delivers 10 milligrams of THC and not just 5 milligrams. Again, your personal choice, totally up to you. Now, here's something really wild. So back on May 11th, uh, Yingling transported their beer recipe, their 192-year-old secret family recipe from Yingling and Son. They transported it from Pennsylvania, uh, from Pottsville, down to uh, Molson Coors Fort Worth, Texas brewing facilities. Now, it was a three-day journey via armored truck. Uh, It started, like I said, at the Pennsylvania Brewery on Friday, May 7th. It arrived on Tuesday, May 11th. Uh, And its arrival now in Texas officially marks the start of Yingling's westward expansion. So in September of last year, Molson Coors Yingling announced it had entered into a joint venture uh, to expand distribution of Yingling's portfolio in the United States. And so now that the the deal has entered this new phase, they've brought the formula to Molson Coors to duplicate it exactly so that they can spread their beer uh, across the rest of the United States. So, of course, Yingling, founded in 1829, thought to be one of the oldest breweries in operation in America. Uh, it has two breweries in its home state in Pennsylvania, uh, as well as one in Tampa, Florida. Um, so, again, uh, the uh, but they'll, Yingling retains the rights and trademarks to its beer range, which includes fe- flagship products such as the Yingling Traditional Lager and Black and Tan. I like a Yingling. Every once in a while, it's a good beer. It's It's not, you know, it's not blow your socks off. 
but it's a good beer, and it's still independently owned and operated, and that is a really cool thing. And again, being one of the oldest breweries in the country, um, that is, uh, you know, that's something to hang your hat on. That's important. Now, Colorado Strong, a collaborative effort, we've talked about this, of Colorado-based organizations benefiting breweries in their communities, have reached more than 12.5 million people this year through its Safer with Foam public awareness campaign. Um, the Safer with Foam campaign created by Colorado's Turn It Up Media, led by the efforts of the Colorado's Brewers Guild and the Left Hand Brewing Foundation, used a multi-pronged approach to reach beer lovers in Colorado beginning in January of this year. Campaign reaching the beer community through paid and organic social media posts, press outreach, and through the efforts of participating breweries. More than 220,000 people around Colorado and the country were reached on Instagram posts secured by the campaign or using the hashtag SaferWithFoam. Uh, interviews and media placements featuring key members of the Colorado Strong team reached more than 12 million people. Now, um, this is uh, the Colorado Strong Fund and its namesake brew, uh, the uh, Colorado Strong Pale Ale. It was brewed by 125 breweries, a collaborative beer recipe across the state of Colorado using all Colorado-sourced ingredients, generated more than $2.4 million in consumer spending, raised more than $115,000 to support the Safer With Foam public awareness campaign. And basically, the, the, the Safer With Foam was you know, telling people they could go to their breweries, non-contact, uh, get their deliveries uh, put right in their car or home delivery uh, if that's what they wanted. So uh, this is a really, really uh, cool concept, and it's great to see that they've raised money uh, in support, providing funds for the Colorado Brewers Guild to support membership and ensure Colorado Strong Future programming. That is important. Um, giving back to the community is something that is very important. It's near and dear to my heart. It's why um, the uh, the couple of beers that we're going to be working with, with Source Brewing, by the way, portions of the program, brought to you by Source Brewing. Uh, get your beer directly from the source. Uh, right off of Route 34 in Colts Neck, New Jersey. We're going to be doing two beers this year. One of them I actually spoke to, and I'll get into this a little bit later on. Um, one of the brewers I spoke to, they are on board. We're going to we're going to put something together and do something for closer to Christmas. And uh, I think the theme is we're going to be giving back to some type of uh, toy program for Christmas time. And then we've got another uh, beer in the mix uh, about a month before that. Um, where it's going to be a farm-based brew, and I'll leave it at that for now until we get the okays from everybody, and then we'll make the official announcement. But, you know, giving back to the community is very important. It's a, it's one of the reasons why in New Jersey I'm a big proponent of Brewery Strong, which was started by Rob Callahan from Tuckahoe, and um, I don't think I'm letting the cat out of the bag too much. I'm going to be more involved with Brewery Strong in New Jersey uh, this coming year, and I'm very excited about that. It's about giving back to people. It's important. And that, to me, um, is more important than anything else. If we can help directly help people in the brewery business, um, that warms my heart like you wouldn't believe. Finally, Crooked Hammock Brewery is releasing a new beer inspired by the Carolina coast. It highlights the indigenous peach flavors found throughout the South and especially in South Carolina. This is called Cackalacking. It's an easy-drinking American peach wheat. It embodies the hammock state of mind, features of... Feelings of escapism and adventure with an initial explosion of peach giving way to a sweet, pillowy finish. Uh, Kakalakin will be released on Saturday, May 29th at 11 a.m. at the North Myrtle Beach Crooked Hammock location. The beer will be available on draft and in 16-ounce to go four-packs throughout the summer. Uh, Kathy Collins uh, is the local artist who worked with Crooked Hammock to create a design that embodies the spirit of the Great Strand 
with inspiration from the colors and landscapes tucked away in the corners of the area. She's lived in the Myrtle Beach area for around 40 years and has more than 20 years of experience as a mural artist and painter. So very cool there, uh, keeping it local and uh, displaying some of what Myrtle Beach in South Carolina has to offer. That is very, very cool. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world. And then a little bit later on, um, I'm going to uh, talk about uh, a topic that is very important in the beer industry, uh, about women in the beer industry that are not being treated the way they should be treated, which is equal. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. A little analog kid and rush from Signals as we kick off the second segment here of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, news and notes, plenty of them. And in our third segment of this show, we're going to talk about something that is uncomfortable to talk about. And it should be uncomfortable to talk about. But it's also something that needs to be talked about. It's about women in the beer industry, and it's about sexual harassment. And it's, it's, it's something that is very important how we need to um, not only talk about it, but we need to keep the focus on it because it's important. And I'll get into that in our next segment. I didn't want to give it short shrift. I was going to do it here, uh, you know, crammed in with some news and then fit a guest in in our third segment. And I decided not to um, because I think that this is worthy of a full segment. In fact, could be worthy of a full show. Man, I think we're going to have to explore that come June. Um, we may have to do that where we bring in a few women in the beer industry, whether it's reporters, brewers, uh, whatever, what have you, um, to discuss uh, about things of a sexual harassment nature. Maybe we'll do it as a separate kind of podcast thing where we can uh, record it and then put it out there uh, for all to listen to. Um, you can follow me on Twitter very easily at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. I almost forgot the spelling of my last name. That's, that's very scary. In fact, my wife is going through this whole thing. One of our, our family members, uh, her family members, did an Ancestry.com uh, uh, thing, and she's exploring all these things about my family um, and how our last name was spelt very differently. One T, one L, an A at the end. Uh, all kinds of craziness all over the place, and it's interesting delving into the family history uh, of where both sides of my family came from uh, in Italy and others, and it's just a whole, and there's some scandal in my wife's family, and uh, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. Sometimes you're peeling back that onion. Maybe you don't necessarily want to see what's behind there, but it's, it's a good thing from an educational standpoint, uh, nonetheless. Uh, via email, albertg at nycradio.com. We're on iTunes as well, Alexa Ready, uh, odyssey.com, and, of course, the Hopped Up Network. The great folks over at the Hopped Up Network uh, put out the podcast version of this show. Um, I get it out there Mondays uh, right after the show, and then Hopped Up Network pushes it as well later in the afternoon. And you go over there, and there's a ton of beer-related shows for you to download and listen to at your leisure. Now, uh, let us dive into the uh, the news 
Uh, major reopenings have been happening all over the tri-state area uh, this past week. New York getting ahead of it. Starting last Monday, the midnight curfew ended for outdoor dining. Comes as a relief to several restaurants throughout New York City. Curfew is still in place for indoor dining. That'll be lifted on Memorial Day. This past Wednesday, uh, the tri-state allowed restaurants and other businesses to open at 100% capacity as long as distance can be maintained. In addition, New York has dropped the mask mandate for those indoors and outdoors as long as you're vaccinated. And how do you know that you're vaccinated? Well, it's the honor system. Now, I'm fully vaccinated. I don't have a problem with walking into a place and taking my mask off. But there's going to be a lot of places that are going to ask you to keep that mask on. And do it. Do me a favor. And, and now in New Jersey, they are not lifting the indoor mask mandate. They are continuing it. Governor Murphy has said it's not happening anytime soon. It's going to be a few more weeks before we're at a point where we can loosen up the masks. We're not there yet. Now, I, I, will, I will tell you this, folks. You go into breweries. It's getting warmer. Yeah, it's great. You can sit outside. That's awesome. The tri- I mean, all this week has been beautiful weather. But do yourself a favor. Don't be a jerk. Okay, just because the CDC says you don't have to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated, that's not the law in every state. And New Jersey happens to be one of them. Okay, don't be a jerk. If the when you walk into the establishment in New Jersey, guess what? You're going to have to have your mask on. You don't like it? Too bad. Take your beer to go and get out. Okay, I have very little tolerance for people who can't follow the rules. Very little. So. Don't sit here and tell me it's your constitutional right and blah, 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 and all this other nonsense. Because guess what? It's not. It's not your constitutional right. If you're a private business, you set the rules. And especially in New York, too. If a New York business decides you have to wear a mask when you go inside, then you got to wear a mask. You don't like it? Go shop somewhere else. Okay? Bottom line. <sighs> annoyed. I get annoyed with people very easily lately. Now, here's something that annoys me, but maybe you like it. Hard seltzers. Uh, this one is getting a twist this summer. One beverage company is calling it a really big dill, <laughs> in quotes. Crook and Marker, they're based out of Hamilton Township, New Jersey, teaming up with Brewmate to launch a pickle-flavored hard seltzer to be released over the summer. It comes after Brewmate announced the dill-flavored drink as an April Fool's joke last year. Uh, fans of the snack were disappointed, leaving the company in quite a pickle. Oh, God, bad writing. So this year, the two companies are announcing Afternoon Dill Light for real this time, the pickle-flavored hard seltzer. A limited release, only 10,000 12-packs will be distributed. I'm sorry, I have a problem with this. I am not drinking a pickled-flavored seltzer. I love pickles. Don't put it in my seltzer. Don't put it in my beer. Don't, don't do any of these things. I know there are people that drink pickle juice. Just the thought of it is like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. And I love pickles, but no, uh, this is not... This is not cool. Hey, kudos to them. If they sell it, great, uh, but it's not for me. Bottom line, I don't want a taster of it. I don't want samples. Ugh, not a chance. It's just not for me. But I have to give you the news, but it's my personal opinion on that one. Um, now, this is a cool concept, and I'm surprised that more minor league parks haven't done this. I, you can't really do it in the big leagues, but in minor league parks, this is pretty cool. So this is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And it's a, uh, a it's beer sold in glass baseball bats. Uh, this is uh, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans games. Their uh, fans are posting photos all over social media. The two foot tall drinks are being sold for fifteen dollars a piece during the minor league teams' games. The team says you can only buy the back glasses inside their stadium. Now I don't know what beer they serve there. I don't know if it's craft beer, if it's macro beer. I'm I'm assuming I'm hoping that they have some craft beer there. But that's cool, and the gla- I've, I've seen the glass. It's gorgeous, and it's shaped like a baseball bat, and it's all glass. Very cool. And for 15 bucks, 
That's not bad. There are glasses that'll cost you a hundred dollars. So for fifteen bucks, you're getting a beer and you get to keep the glass, and it's in the shape of a baseball bat. Hey, uh, Myrtle Beach Pelicans, great job, nice work. Uh, I like that idea. Uh, Founders Brewing announcing the second installment in their Bottle Shop series. It's called Highball Drifter. It's a barrel-aged sipper inspired by uh, the bourbon cocktail favorites with aromatics of caramel and vanilla, dried fruit and spice, and hints of cherry and bitter orange peel, or more appropriately, an old-fashioned. Um, it is, it's an ABV of 11%, and as Founders Brewmaster Jeremy Kosmicki says, uh, bourbon cocktails are a favorite around here. I find that pretty inspiring. We hand-selected some of our vi- very favorite bourbon barrels, Brewed up a rich malty ale to lay down in them. We garnished it with the sweetness of cherry and the bitterness of orange peel. And voila, our latest inspiration coming to a bottle shop near you. Highball Drifter will be available in both the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms on July 30th. And in four packs of 12-ounce bottles and cans across Founders' 50-state distribution footprint uh, from August through December of 2021. Pricing in the Founders tap rooms will be $14.99. The prices will also vary by market. Very, very cool. I, uh, I'm i encouraged to drip. I like a good old-fashioned, so I'm encouraged to drink this one. This sounds like it's going to be really, really good. And then, uh, as momentum for vaccinations has decreased, not only, uh, you know, in the tri-state area, but across the country, especially in Colorado, Weldworks uh, wants to help by lending their resources in beer. So, sort of what New Jersey has done with the Shot in a Beer program, uh, Weldworks partnered with the Weld County Department of Public Health and Environment. They hosted a walk-in vaccination clinic yesterday, Saturday, May 22nd, from 1 to 5.30 p.m. at Weldworks. Those that receive the vaccine will be rewarded with one free draft pour, as well as a limited edition, I got vaccinated, 16-ounce can of beer to take home. So as Weldworks co-owner and head brewer Neil Fisher says, since the start of the pandemic, Weldworks has been fully committed to doing whatever we can to help stop the spread of COVID-19 last spring. That meant closing our tap room for on-site service before it was mandated and then quickly pivoting to help produce and distribute over 5,000 gallons of hand sanitizer. Now as vaccine appointments are going unfilled across Colorado and availability is no longer a limiting factor, we're seeing a strong correlation between higher case rates in counties where there are lower vaccination rates. So... They want to encourage people to get vaccinated, and they're going to give you a beer to do it. They did this on Saturday. Uh, you, get a, you get a free draft pour, and you get a free can of I Got Vaccinated. It's a limited edition batch of the brewery's flagship Hazy IPA Juicy Bites, or Juicy Bits, excuse me, that'll be available to one can per person while supplies last. Uh, you, of course, can learn all about it on Weldworks' website. And uh, from what I'm told, if this is a success... Uh, they may end up doing it again. So if they do, and thanks to uh, our good friend uh, Shea Franz, who's who sent the information over, and of course the good friends from Weldworks, um, if they do do it again, we will get the information out to you. Uh, and this is a really cool thing. I think that what's happening in New Jersey uh, is working, and I think maybe there are other places across the country that are going to do this to encourage people to get the vaccine. Again, I get it if you don't want to get it. If you feel you have health concerns and you have issues, talk to your doctor. Uh, I think this vaccine is safe. I've had my two shots already. I've had them for well over uh, two months now, and I've had no uh, side effects whatsoever. So uh, I feel confident that the vaccines are working. I got the Moderna uh, shot. My son just got the Pfizer shot. He's fully vaccinated. He feels good. So, And he's 17. I don't think it's too much of a problem. But again, I understand that if you don't want to get vaccinated, and if that's the case, then you're going to have to continue to mask up and social distance until this is over. Now, when we come back after a short break, an important story on women in the beer industry, sexual harassment, and why it's important that we discuss this. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Algatulo. Instagram, at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, where uh, you can reach me via email at albertg at nycradio.com. We're on iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the show on that platform. I believe we're on Google Podcasts as well. We're Alexa Ready. Uh, we're also on odyssey.com at iHeartRadio as well as the Hopped Up Network. You can head over to the Hopped Up Network and download this version of the radio show in podcast form or a plethora of others at your leisure. And it's usually up a few minutes after the show uh, ends. We've got no guests this evening, and there's a reason why for that. And I'm going to get into it right here. Um, last week, uh, around uh, May the 11th, Brianne Allen, uh, she's the uh, production manager for Salem, Massachusetts-based Notch Brewing, posted on her Instagram account this question. She had a particularly bad day because two men had basically questioned her credentials um, for, I guess she's assisting in building this, um, they're building out the brewery or something along those lines. And um, two men uh, that day had kind of questioned her, um, her abilities, basically. And she was pissed about it, and rightfully so. And she said, what sexist comments have you experienced? And boy, did the floodgates open up. So she started getting inboxed story after story after story after story. So she took these stories, and she posted them on her Instagram account. If you want to go follow her, it's called at Rat Magnet, R-A-T-M-A-G-N-E-T. The stories, well over a 1,000 now, uh, Alan's social media account, um, it, on Instagram, it went from around 2,000 to around 42,000 people as of this recording, which is on uh, Thursday, the 20th of May. Uh, a GoFundMe uh, was started to help Alan with potential legal fees because there are companies that are saying that she's liable because she's posting these stories. Again, I'm not going to get into the legal uh, ramifications of this. I'm not a lawyer. I wouldn't even know uh, the first thing. My advice, call a lawyer. Um, the uh, She's raised... Uh, well over eighteen thousand uh, dollars from a, a couple of hundred donors to help with her legal fees, but the fallout within the beer industry is just beginning to be felt. So, um, one of the people that was uh, that was hit with allegations, the founder of Tired Hands Brewing Company, uh, Gene Brolet, he stepped down from his leadership role in the company uh, at the request of his brewery's employees. Now, this is according to an Instagram post from Tired Hands staff. Um, they were among the breweries, uh, uh, the Tired Hands was among the breweries frequently cited within posts to Allen's account, detailed allegations of a hostile work environment and that included berating employees, sexually suggestive beer names, and shaming a newly pregnant employee for the negative impa- environmental impact of having a child. Now, the, lead, the staff wrote on mon- uh, this past Monday, we, the existing staff, will remain in place and continue operating as we search for new leadership to build a stronger culture here. The recent outpouring of stories about our industry have unified us in addressing our own experiences, and we stand in solidarity with anyone that has ever experienced toxic workplace abuse, racism, or sexism in the brewing industry, including our coworkers, past and present. Uh, the staff post followed a now-deleted post from Brole that was published around, around 10 o'clock uh, Monday night. Uh, in it, Brole wrote that, that reading accounts from former employees was saddening and humbling, but he cast doubt on the story's veracity. To the extent that any of these statements are true, Julie uh, the, uh, Foster, the co-founder, and I take personal accountability. This is our company. We love it. It's who we are and how we met so many wonderful folks in this life. 
Throughout our nine-year history, we've strived to make our company a safe, happy, and healthy place to work, and that commitment to our employees is ongoing and continue, but clearly we totally can and must do better. Um, apparently, his wife has not been working at the company since March. A message to um, uh, to Foster from Brewbound asking about the status of her and Brolet's ownership stake in the company has not been returned. So this is a big problem. He steps down, rightfully so. Meanwhile, Connecticut Valley Brewing confirmed on Instagram that it terminated Director of Sales Jeff Nelson. Now, I have to tell you, a lot of great reporting by Brewbound, a number of other people, Vine Pair, all over the place. A lot of this stuff I'm getting from from these different uh, sources. So um, Connecticut Valley Brewing confirmed it terminated the Director of Sales Jeff Nelson, who was named in several stories for sending unsolicited sexually suggestive photos to women. Um, apparently the co-owners denied uh, or didn't name uh, you know, him uh, initially, but the owners finally said Lori and Steve Palukas shared a second post that included Nelson's name, claimed they had no previous knowledge of the accusations made against them. We completely detest this behavior and are doing everything we can as a team and a company to ensure that this does not happen again. Nelson apparently apologized in a public post to his Facebook profile, says he has a, an, an alcohol problem, he's going to deal with it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Connecticut Valley says it'll host sexual harassment trainings, a series of meetings to help facilitate open conversations and education surrounding harassment. Sean Hill uh, from Hill Farmstead Brewing wrote an Instagram story. Um, he said, you know, uh, he was accused of inappropriate sexual behavior. He says the comments about him are unsettling. Uh, never acted in a manner that was openly, willingly, or consciously dismissive, degrading, or threatening. Uh, but he didn't apologize uh, in his statements. He didn't say, look, I'm sorry. If somebody took it the wrong way, I'm sorry. To me, that's a, that's a bad sign. Uh, at Modern Times, Jacob McKean, the founder and CEO of Modern Times, has stepped down from the company, uh, within his role within the company. His announcement comes after allegations against the brewery, McKean specifically, that was shared to Instagram as part of this uh, movement here, and this Me Too movement. Um, apparently a number of employees, uh, there was an employee that worked there, apparently, uh, was sexually harassing people, grabbed a person's crotch, all of this stuff. And the fallout has gone even further where Interboro, uh, uh, CEO Laura Dirks wrote in a post on the Brooklyn's uh, based brewery's Instagram account, Modern Times and Tired Hands could no longer participate in its Pill City event. They decided, nope, they're done. We, we don't, we don't want to be associated with them until they clean things up. Now, you would think that the Brewers Association, after putting out this code of conduct and saying that there's going to be all this transparency and stuff, clearly there hasn't. There's only been one person who reported to the Brewers Association that they were being sexually harassed. And for me, to be honest with you folks, reading story after story after story makes me sick to my stomach. I am angry and upset to no end to find that women are constantly abused in this business. This guy group frat boy mentality has to stop, and it has to stop now. Why do some people think that because a woman has knowledge in beer, you feel the need to talk down to her, to mansplain her? Why? It's ridiculous. It needs to stop. They're there for a reason, because they know what they're doing. Shut up. Shut up and let them do their job. Okay? These stories need to be told. Women, and yes, some men need to continue to spotlight these stories. There were some men in these stories as well. Straight men, gay men, whatever. It's got to stop. But we have to spotlight these stories. These pieces of garbage need to be held accountable for their actions. Okay? Now, some of you listening to this can say, well, isn't the accused innocent until proven guilty? Now, look, this is not a court of law. 
I'm not going to get into the legal ramifications of someone posting stories on an Instagram account, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not smart enough to even begin to comment on that. The bottom line is this, at least in my opinion. If people are saying that so-and-so did this, and then one, two, three, five, seven people come forward and say pretty much the same thing about a particular person, in my opinion, you're guilty in the court of public opinion. You're guilty. If it's one person, two people, maybe you, you, know, you fight it. I understand that part of it, but I'm sorry. In my eyes, you're guilty. The fact that some of these owners are stepping down because they got caught is a step in the right direction, but more needs to be done. Are they stepping down permanently? Are they selling their business? Or are they just waiting until the, you know, everything dies down and then they're back in, 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 you know, in their role in the company? There needs to be accountability from top to bottom. Not let's sweep it under the rug, ignore it for some time, and then it'll go away. That's not the answer. There are a lot of women who are no longer working in this industry because some men out there think that they are better. I got news for those people. You're scum. And one day karma will come back and get you. To the women out there that may be listening to this and have told their story, thank you. You've been heard. And I hope, I really, truly hope that you get justice and closure because you deserve it. To the women who aren't sure if they want to tell their story because they're afraid, they're scared, there's going to be some type of retaliation, take your time. When you're ready, there will be people to listen to you. I promise that. I'm here to listen to you. You got a story, you want to tell it, I'm happy to give you the time to tell it. I'm not a perfect person. None of us are. But we can do better. We can always do better. I'm going to give you a perfect example real quick before we take a break. My friend, one of my best female friends in the world, was at a wedding uh, two weeks ago. She goes up to the bar to get a drink. She's a whiskey girl. She says to the guy, let me get a, uh, a, Jack, and a, a Jack and Coke. And the, you know what the bartender says to her? Male, by the way. Is this drink for you? She says, yeah, it's for me. Why? Oh, well, that's a little strong, the bartender says. Who is it of your business to tell somebody that a drink is strong or not? She wants a Jack and Coke? You give her a Jack and Coke. You shut your mouth. You don't say something like that. You don't say, oh, this may be too strong for you. Keep quiet and pipe down, please. I'm disgusted. I'm, I'm just, it's vile, this behavior. Vile from people. Sexual harassment, rape, all, all these different things. Enough already. Enough. Enough. Do better. Be better. And by the way, we can always keep learning. Always. The lesson doesn't end today. The lesson is ongoing. It continues it, it continues over and over and over. Okay? Please, enough. Enough. When we come back, Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little audio slave and dandelion from the Out of Exile album. Chris Cornell, can't believe that uh, this past week is a couple of years now that we have lost uh, Chris Cornell. What an amazing talent, an unbelievable 
uh, human being, and for him to to take his life at such an, a young age is an absolute, absolute travesty. Um, I miss that guy a great deal. I miss his music. I miss everything about him. I got a chance to see him once in concert when he had just disbanded Audio Slave, one of the more epic nights um, musically uh, in my life at the Beacon Theater. I mean, really good stuff. All right, so let us dive into Suds and Duds. Before we do that, let me give you a little recap of the Beer Barbecue Bacon Showdown um, from last weekend. First off, it was great to see everybody there. Uh, Deb Smith, Peter Kulos, Mike Kivowitz, uh, uh, Chris Massey, nice to meet Jenna Jenna Inter-Simone for the first time, uh, who was also a judge. And we got to judge some uh, really, really uh, cool beers, uh, as well as eat some delicious food. So... The People's Choice Awards for the best dish was Master Asador Barbecue for Argentinian Barbecue Spare Ribs. Let me tell you something. This guy knows how to cook. I mean, slabs of meat, it was, it was delicious. Uh, the best brew was Bolero Snorts uh, Pineapple Bulata uh, Pineapple Coconut Lime Wheat uh, Beer. Great beer. Uh, very happy that the people uh, really enjoyed that one. Their utter was Fantastic as well, but I'm glad that they chose the Pina Bolada because that's a regular staple uh, in the Bolero uh, catalog. Let's put it that way. Now, our judges' choices. So for best barbecue, it was uh, Chef uh, JS Catering, the Latin Dragon for the Dragon Bow Dogs. Oh, my God. Piece of chorizo, pickled uh, pickled uh, onions. Uh, the bow bread was delicious. Uh, the bon it was just it had everything that you wanted out of it that was barbecue. I mean, it was fantastic in a Korean style. Fantastic. Best use of bacon was Ma and Pa Tex-Mex Barbecue for their bacon pineapple skewer, which they used barbecue sauce that they had uh, added Spellbound Brewings, uh, one of their beers. And um, it was just a strip of bacon with the barbecue sauce on it, deep fried with a piece of, with a big wedge of pineapple. Yeah, it was tasty. The best broom went to Ross Brewings, for their Brew Royale Belgian Chocolate Wheat. Now, I have two bottles of this beer. It is unbelievable. And and at this event, and by the way, Allison, great job as usual. She puts on fantastic events. Thank you for having me as a judge. Thanks for letting my friend Mark come. And just thanks for a, a fantastic time uh, over at the Men in Sports Arena. We had a great, great day. But this beer, I have two bottles of, and I hadn't had a chance to crack it yet. And it's the first time I was tasting it there. A very, very complex Beer, certainly a dessert beer, certainly something that you should share with friends. Uh, the bottom line is it was awesome and well-deserved as best brew. And then finally, uh, the most unusual, uh, South 40 Brewing's Saison Savon, uh, which was outstanding. It was unusual. It was different in the fact that, um, you know, everybody seems to be doing the IPA, uh, IPA, IPA. And this was just something a little different that I wasn't expecting there. And none of us did. And um, we kept going back to it again and again and again, and um, we decided this was the one that had to be most unusual. Fantastic job um, from all the judges. Uh, In fact, we're going to have the head brewer and owner of South 40 Brewing, uh, Kevin Pekansky, on the program next week. Uh, So you'll enjoy that interview. It was a lot of fun. And what a great time at the Beer uh, Beer Barbecue Bacon Showdown. Easy for me to say. Uh, and Allison, thanks again for having me uh, as a judge. Allison puts on some great events in New Jersey, the first event of its kind uh, since the pandemic. And I have to say, 
well done. Um, there was social distancing. Not a lot of people were wearing masks. This was before the governor had lifted the order. Uh, but it was it was well done. I mean, really, how can you be wearing a mask the entire time and trying to drink beer and eat? It's very difficult to do. So um, it was a beautiful day. We had a great time and uh, happy to be a part of it again. Uh, for now, I think this is like my fourth year uh, that I've been doing it, and it's always a good time. Now, let's dive into suds and duds before we get out of here. File this by Untied. Um, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Green had given me uh, a bunch of beers. I finally started uh, working my way through them, uh, and uh, one of them happens to be this File This. Nicely done New England-style IPA. It's juicy. It's hoppy. It's got all the right notes. It's exactly what you want from a New England-style IPA. So well done, Matt, and thank you. Uh, for the beer. Uh, the folks from Alesmith that sent me some stuff a while back, and I'm, again, slowly working my way through it, trying to get through one or two of them a week. Uh, the the one from Alesmith this week is the Cloudstream. It's a nice, hazy IPA. Tasty. It's hoppy. Uh, it's definitely something. Now, uh, full disclosure, this is a beer that had been brewed a while ago and had been sitting in my refrigerator for a while, uh, but still uh, a very good beer. Another good beer coming out of the state of Colorado. Uh, from Weldworks, Juicy Bits. Now, you can get this in New Jersey. Uh, it's a banging IPA. Juicy, slight bite, love it. Really has that orange juice complexity to it when you pour it into the glass. Excellent beer. Thanks to the folks from Weldworks for sending me that one. That's great. And then I keep forgetting that I have a lot of Treehouse beer sitting in my house. And so, um, again, one of those trying to slowly work my way through those things. So, uh, cracked open a can of eight. Uh, juicy, tropical, smooth, a nice beer. I love the the, the can art of it. Uh, just a really, really well done beer. I really haven't had a bad beer from Treehouse, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, then uh, move on to uh, Paragon Tap and Table for a little dinner. And uh, had makeshift wings by Icarus. Went down easy and smooth. Delicious, crushable, really nice beer. Uh, no scales by Brick City. Uh, smooth, hoppy, uh, with a good citrus flavor uh, to this particular brew. Very nice. Uh, and then I had Dodgeball Fights by Bolero Snort. The cherry and marshmallow in this was really good. It was kind of deceptive because I didn't know what this was. I knew it was an IPA, but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what is this that I'm tasting? And at first I was, wasn't sure what was going on here. And then when you taste, when you really just settle back in your palate and you let the cherry kind of flow through, uh, it's really good. And then that marshmallow is kind of the undertone of it. Um, it's there, but it's not oppressive. It's not cloying, uh, which is a good thing. Um, then I had, uh, the Sosis, uh, to, to cap off the night from Toppling Goliath. Uh, I have to say, uh, I've liked most of Toppling Goliath's beers. Uh, this one for a double IPA, it was okay. It's, it's, it's not a great IPA. It's definitely not something that I would go out and search for, uh, but a solid beer, uh, nonetheless. Uh, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, um, I'm a big fan of Hefeweizens and, it's very difficult. I shouldn't say this. You can get a lot of um, imported uh, Hefeweizens from around Europe, and all of them are, you know, very, very good. But it's very tough in America that brewers make a really good Hefeweizen, one that I would go back to again and again. Let me put it, let me put it to you that way. Um, Wet Ticket's American Hefeweizen, which is now in cans, is probably one of the better Hefeweizens that I've had. Tim really nails this formula, and I've said this before on the program. He just, it's the perfect beer for this time of year. Spring, going into summer, it's refreshing. Uh, you know, a Kolsch is really good in the summertime, but a good Hefeweizen in, in, the, in the spring, uh, when you're getting late spring, getting close to summer, when you know that hot weather is, 
you know, right around the corner. You get a couple of days where it's 80 degrees. Maybe it's a day that hits 90. Um, this is an excellent beer, and I highly encourage you. If you haven't gotten it yet uh, and you live in New Jersey, head on down uh, to Wet Ticket uh, in Rawway, New Jersey. You will not be disappointed with this Hefeweizen. It is uh, fantastic. And then finally had the Maybach uh, Royals uh, by Source. Uh, this is a really good beer. Bready, malty, it's strong. Um, I actually had, I actually didn't have this when I went to the brewery to pick up my cans, um, but I had a couple of beers, sat around with uh, John Flatung and um, Matt Potensky, uh, happened to run into them uh, while I was picking up my cans, and at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to stay and have a beer. And then it, it ended up turning into three beers and staying there for a couple of hours in which I didn't get home until almost 4.30 in the afternoon, and I had left my house at like 1 o'clock. So um, it's one of those things. Listen, it's a Friday. I, I just didn't feel like heading back home yet um, and was doing a number of different things. And so, you know what? Listen, impromptu day drinking sometimes uh, is a lot of fun. Sometimes it could be a disaster, but other times it could be a lot of fun. Uh, folks, we're out of time here. Uh, my thanks to everybody involved on the show, uh, as well as uh, the great Buddy Watson as well, which uh, hopefully Buddy will be making it down uh, to the tri-state area, or I shouldn't say the tri-state area, coming downstate from uh, from upstate, and uh, we can exchange some beers one of these days uh, and um, enjoy uh, each other's company. Uh, folks, I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, I will be back on the Joe Piscopo Show on Monday. Uh, we will have two great guests coming up next week on the program for the Memorial Day edition of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast. Cheers, everybody.